Yay, you made it to another episode of the Weekend Hustle podcast. Join us weekly with your hosts, Shelby and Bella, as we talk with all types of people over the world to discuss our mind, body, and ride. Here, we bring you all the tools that we need to level up in all the arenas of our lives. To get started with this, I just want to share one of my favorite quotes that has to do with the arenas of our lives and what that really means. So Brene Brown is an amazing author and someone I really aspire and look up to. She says, I want to be in the arena. I want to be brave with my life. And when I make a choice to dare greatly, we sign up to get our asses kicked. We can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both, not at the same time. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It is our greatest measure of courage. A lot of cheap seats in the arena are filled with people who never venture onto the floor. They just hurl mean-spirited criticism and put down others. The problem is, when we stop caring what people think and stop feeling hurt by cruelty, we lose our ability to connect. But when we're defined by what people think, we lose the courage to be vulnerable. Therefore, we need to be selective about the feedback we let into our lives. For me, if you're not in the arena getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. Now, I just love that quote. I just wanted to share that with you because the word arena has really been brought to surface in my life and I've been using it a lot more in the We Can Hustle platform of just us leveling up all areas of our lives and us going into the arenas and the multiple arenas of our lives. We're intricate humans. We have a lot going on and we have a lot of arenas. Our main one, at least for this platform, is our riding arena. But if we're going to improve in the riding arena, there's a lot of other arenas in our lives that we have to improve that will also help in our actual riding performance. So with that all being said, let's see what we can learn from our next guest on this week's podcast episode. If you enjoy it and you want to share your kind words and spread the word, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us get noticed. And just better along the message that we're here to share and help riders with. So anything is helpful and all this stuff really goes a long way. So I appreciate all your support thus far. And uh, let's keep making a difference and let's keep hustling. But for now, enjoy the interview. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Weekend Hustle podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us who I'm really excited to introduce. She has created a bit of a marketing platform and helping entrepreneurs especially equestrian entrepreneurs, really help their businesses grow, how to increase their profits, freedom, and impact. So today we have Catherine Respis with us. So Catherine, I just want to first say thank you so much for joining us. And just to get started, tell us a little bit about Red Main and just your history with your business and your involvement in the equestrian world. Absolutely. It's Red Mare, by the way, too. Oh, sorry. And, <laughs> no, it's okay. And And that's named that way because I had several very special red mares in in my life who whipped me into shape and got me to this point and so my work is a thank you note to them and mm -hmm. so we only serve equestrian professionals in our work at my agency so how do we get started that's your question um i started the business in 2008 and at that time i was a professional rider and i was you know, teaching lessons. And um, I also had a graphic design business on the side. Mm -hmm. 
And it's amazing. Like it, for me, it's always been a marriage of the two. When I was a working student, you know, in my teens, I designed my trainer's website. I did all her videography. And so it just really paired naturally and easily for me all along. So on the days that it was too hot or cold or wet to ride, I was in my office with my cat in my lap, holding me still <laughs> and designing websites and logos and, you know, stallion ads and, and things like that. And, um, and then that evolved as businesses do when we let them. <laughs> right. And over the years, um, I started to see that the design business was really becoming more business consulting. And I secretly always had this desire to elevate the standards of professionalism in the horse industry. And so all the work that I did was, you know, presenting my clients more professionally and helping them to have, you know, websites that did a little bit of heavy lifting for them so that they weren't so tied to answering texts or, you know, getting back to people all the time, you know, that the questions were answered on the websites or, you know, the the things that people needed from them were provided on their websites, just trying to make their lives easier so that they could operate at their highest and best. Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting because it's so true that the equestrian world, I feel like has been always so far behind other industries. So I feel now we're kind of playing catch up and we're realizing, which is kind of good for us. Like for me getting in when I did, it wasn't 2008, but it's still like, we're still kind of behind. So there's still so much for us to grow. And with the help of people like you to show these equestrians, Hey, you don't have to just spend all your time in the barn doing things the harder way. Let's learn different ways. And like you said, make it more automated where your, your tech is actually helping you grow and all the things like that you're wanting to help these uh, equestrians with. So tell us a couple of the ways that you, when you get, you know, you're said that you're turning it more into consulting what are the things that you're helping these people with when you get a new client? What are some of the common areas or other things that we can start implementing now to really help with this side of our business? Yes, absolutely. I love this question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just to address what you said first, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. People are doing things the hard way and it's almost an admirable trait that horse people just jump in and do mm-hmm. you know and and like I did as well like I I, I kind of love that aspect there's a lot of people who get arrested by you know how do I start it has to be perfect and I don't often see that though there is a really strong thread of perfectionism in the horse industry mm-hmm. it doesn't show up in the way that we get started and that's fabulous but what happens is people operate as a startup it's like every day I'm a startup, you know, and there there needs to be um, a certain level of momentum and ease that begins to um, really run your business so that it's not solely reliant on one person, the entrepreneur, the person who started it. And, um, you know, I, I could start there. I know it's probably one of the hardest things for people to imagine, but building a team is incredibly powerful to your business. It allows you to begin to let go of the things that kind of drag you down and, and on like a more holistic way that don't allow you to embody the truest version of yourself. So, you know, yes, we can all pick stalls 100%. 
We can all answer emails. Of course we can. Like we're, you know, as an entrepreneur, you wear a lot of hats. I know you can do those things, but is it the best use of your time? Does it allow you to really focus on what you uniquely have to offer your superpower, your area of genius, your zone of expertise, you know, your zone of excellence. That's where I want you to focus. And I want you to let go of all the other stuff that doesn't allow you to operate in that way and let somebody help you. Because the thing is, is people want to help you. And I, I know I'm hearing it already. And from the audience, like it's hard to hire people. Well, yeah, that might be the case, but you know, we often can learn better ways to do hiring too. Like I see a lot of professionals out there who are trying to hire themselves. You know, they're looking for other people who are entrepreneurial to hire. And those people don't want to be employees. Right. So like you put a job offer out there and like, basically are asking for another version of you. And that's unrealistic. You have to break a job offer down into like five different jobs because no one wants to wear all the same hats as you if they're an employee type person. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways this was posed to me that really resonated was, are you treating yourself like an employee in your business? Or are you treating yourself like a business owner? And then that sort of leads me into talking about how you're pricing your services, because a lot of people are pricing their services as if they were an employee. And you're not, you're not an employee in your business, you're an owner. And so you need to really think differently about how you do your pricing. So that's a big piece that we coach people on um, in our group coaching program. And um, also I just, you know, I go into Facebook groups and I'm just chatting with people about, you know, how to, how to think about your pricing, how to raise your pricing and how to um, be a little bit more expansive in your thinking about pricing. Did I keep yeah. going? Other other tactics, or does that give us stuff <laughs> that, to talk about? That's a lot to talk about. No, that's great. I did actually want to talk about going back to the team building aspect. Even just you saying how you know you're like you're building your team, and now you have people that are helping you, so you can help more people. And I actually really like that philosophy, anyways, of switching the narrative instead of like, oh, I need to find someone like me. But if you're thinking I have these positions that need to be filled, and like you said, break it down into more divided areas. And I think that does relate to how we price because without getting paid more, we're not going to be able to pay people to help us. And it just, we're, we're stuck on this hamster wheel, right. Of like, I'm a, I'm a struggling equestrian, but I love it. We love the grind. Like you said, we're always in startup mode and thinking about it. It's just so true. And I've been so guilty of this myself. Um, Same. Me too. Yeah. That's why I know this is because I did it. <laughs> Exactly. You're like, I made the mistakes. I made the mistakes. I'm here to share my mistakes. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I don't want people to go down the path that I went down, you know? And I mean, even if you're already down that path, like, let me help you find your way back. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. it's okay. I'm not judging. I I just know I I beat that path well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a better way. And just with pricing, I remember listening, I think it was Clinton Anderson saying how the Western industry and just about the pricing aspect, he said, 20 years ago, you paid a grand for a month of training. 20 years later, people are still charging a thousand dollars for training. And it's like, where's the increase? Like, where's the matching the market with our 
our services versus, you know, the pricing. And it's so insane that it's true. And we, you said something that really hit me where we're treating ourselves like an employee of the business, not the actual owner and the boss. And we're pricing ourselves in that way. And I think when we are kind of belittling our skills, you know, there is no way to grow and then there's no way to build that team and no way to really scale this up. So tell us a little bit about that money philosophy that you found to be really helpful for entrepreneurs or what are some of our money blocks that you're able to help with? Yeah. Um, so a lot of what we also coach on at Red Mare is like interpersonal type things, because this is a, a business where you have to work with people, you know, it's the horse industry, but those horses come with people. <laughs> and often it's those conversations about money that really hang people up and arrest them in ways that they just, they don't know how to proceed. They get tongue tied, they get red faced, they, mm-hmm. you know, get emotional even. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they get hurt. Sometimes they get angry. It just sort of depends. But it's the client pushback that really stops people. And it's funny, like haggling is a thing. Like, of course, people feel that they can haggle. And, you know, they, if this is their, um, you know, the clients that you work with, this is their, their, the bud, the money that they have budgeted is, is extra money in their, in their budget, you know, like, they have put this out there. Okay, well, I can spend this much on my horse and then I can go to this many horse shows. And, you know, it it doesn't mean that they don't have money. That's what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get at here. Mm -hmm. And people often say, well, they told me that they wanted to pay less. And so that means I have to pay less. It's like, no, it doesn't. It just means that they want to haggle with you. And all you have to do is say, no, this is my price. I stand Mm -hmm. firm. And Mm -hmm. so often it's the way that you present your pricing that tells people what, whether or not you're serious. Mm-hmm. So when you say, well, you know, it's, um, <laughs> I know I would like to, it's, it's 35. Is that okay? Is it okay if you pay 35? And they're like, oh, I'm going for the throat. I can get less out of this person <laughs> yeah. because you have presented yourself as I'm so sorry. You know, this yeah. is like, a do you mind? Do you mind that much before? So like, I know it's probably a lot for you, but you're making assumptions about your client that mm-hmm. simply are not rooted in fact. And I would even go so far as can be insulting to your client. That's a strong statement, but when you assume that someone can't pay what you're what you want to charge, like what are you saying about that person? Like, I I see that you you know like you don't have enough money. Like that's a little bit of an assumption that is overstepping a boundary, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and is revealing your own weakness. Mm-hmm. So what I recommend is throw your shoulders back. Stand tall, feet firmly on the ground. How do you sit on a horse's back? Find that equitation and say, it's $100 a lesson or it's $300 a lesson and put a smile on your face and be firm when you state what it is that you wish to make. And if someone pushes back, say, thank you very much for your question, but this is what it costs. Mm -hmm. And when they say, I'm sorry, that's too much for me, say, I understand Thank you for your time and move on because you may have just dodged a bullet. The person who wants to nickel and dime and undercut you does not value your service. Mm. And maybe they don't even understand your service. 
So when the person says, why does it cost that much? Again, this is an opportunity for you to stand firm and help them understand why you are incredibly valuable and mm -hmm. what it is that they can expect and the transformation you bring or the problem you solve. This is not just trainers. This is veterinarians. This is osteopaths. This is massage therapists. This is farriers. Every horse professional has an opportunity mm -hmm. to stand firm and what it is they want to make and explain why the service they provide is so valuable or why their product is earth shattering is, mm -hmm. you know, the, the best thing ever. And I tell you what, when you have that opportunity to explain the value that you bring, it feels good. Totally. And I'd like to talk just a bit, a bit about how we market ourselves and, you know, the language we should use with our clients or potential clients. But just to go back to the whole, the nickel and diming and not really valuing, because it's so true when we go one for one, when we go to any big box type store, we don't ask if there's a discount when we know that there isn't. But yet when we're dealing with small businesses, you know that there is that wiggle room. And I love just you saying like being firm with what we believe in and staying true to that because nothing makes you resent the work that you're supposed to love than being undercharged and not getting what you believe you should be getting for the work and that transformation that you're offering these people. And I think that's really important to keep in mind and just remember that transformation that you can provide and being, like you said, confident with that and being fully sure, because if you're fully sure, then there is no wiggle room or space for these people to kind of undermine you and try and kind of belittle your services where you feel like you have to lower your prices. So I find um, that really cool. Also yeah. just the idea of the nickel and diming. I remember seeing like, it was just a meme where it said, a $500 client was, oh, a huge paragraph of all this stuff to do. And then it said like a $5,000 client, it just said money sent. Thanks. And that was it. I'm it's like, true. <laughs> it's true. And you have to explore that to realize it for yourself. But when mm -hmm. you have that nickel and dime client, it's going to be endless. Mm -hmm. So you're not only going to be charged less, but you're going to be holding a hand a whole lot more and constantly mm -hmm. justifying yourself to that person. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we're not making judgment against that person. It's just how the world works, you know? So when you get to that level where you, you know, are raising your rate to a point that feels like a stretch for you and it's a stretch for them too, mm. that's good. That's a good thing because they show up at their most prepared. Like, have you mm -hmm. ever been to a clinic where it was expensive? You know, like you're not showing up late to that arena with your shirt untucked and your horse half tacked and you're, oh, I'm so sorry I'm late. And blah. No, you're early. Mm -hmm. You're prepared. You've got your head right. You're hydrated. You know, like you hand walked. You, you, everything is in place for you to get every last drop of insight from every minute of that session. And when your clients pay in that same way, they also mm -hmm. do that for you. And guess what? You do too. You show up prepared when you're like, they're paying me a lot. Like I'm not, I'm not rolling in late and saying, I'm sorry, I haven't had my coffee yet. Like, yeah, it drives me crazy when people say that in a meeting, like, I'm sorry, I haven't had my coffee. It's like, it's like okay, you're not prepared. Like, let's just hang up and schedule another time then, because I want the best of you. Yeah. I want, I want you at your best and I will be at my best as well. And so like, what a beautiful agreement you have come to when you're both 
stretched in a way, you know, when you're saying, wow, they're paying me a lot. Like I better, whoo, I better give it my all. You know, like I slept well last night because I want to give it my all. I leapt out of bed, excited to get to this session to work with you. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> you're paying me to feel that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just a whole different way of operating. Yeah. And again, it feels good. You're not laying in bed dreading oh, they don't pay me enough and oh, they don't trust me and oh, they're probably going to be late anyway. So I'm just going to be late. Like none of that happens Mm. when you're both meeting each other at a high price point. It's actually crazy. The power of that really, like how psychological altering you to do all these different steps. And like you said, really show up and you did talk about, you know, is stemming from so many different aspects, but um, yeah, I find that super, super yeah, it got hung up there a little bit. That's okay. I don't know if it was my end or yours, but I stopped my video just in case it was me. <laughs> okay, now you're good. But yeah. did you hear? Okay, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> that's what editing is for. I uh, know, right, right. Was there a question there at the end? I, I don't um, know. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, I can turn my, I'll stop my video as well. Okay, sometimes that helps, you know. Did you hear what I asked? Oh, I'm so sorry. Good that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. A- that's okay. That's okay. Um, I just said, okay, <laughs> third time's the charm. Um, the perfectionism tendencies, you mentioned mm-hmm. that earlier about we start our businesses, not really as perfectionists because we just kind of go head first. We don't really plan a lot of structure. We just go dive in, always start at mindset. And then, you know, we do, I find a question to have a lot of perfectionistic tendencies. So has there been any of that with your clients that you've worked with and how can we start overcoming or just understanding what perfectionist is and how we can use it to really better ourselves? Super. Um, I find that often perfectionism comes about because we're comparing ourselves to other people. Mm. And it's just unbelievably unrealistic. (laughs) You're not seeing the full picture of what other people are doing. So even if you have deemed what they're doing as perfect, you don't really know what the back end of that facade looks like. So mm-hmm. when it when it comes to overcoming perfectionism, you know, first of all, really just focus on what you're doing and trust that what you're doing is what you're meant to be doing and kind of ignore what you see other people attempting or, you know, succeeding at even. Um, and then beyond that, like perfectionism can also just come about when people make assumptions about what they're meant to be experiencing. Uh, you know, they run into a speed bump or let's just say the client pushes back on pricing. Oh gosh, well then that's how it should be. You know, no, you know, like you can make this up as you go along and it's perfectly safe to do that. I like to see entrepreneur, entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial journey as a testing ground. You try something, see how it went, decide if you liked how that felt you know, maybe get some feedback, talk to people. What, what'd you think about that? You know, like when I did this on my website, what did you think about that? Or when I made this offer, what did you think about that? You know, don't be shy to test and ask questions and, you know, change direction if something doesn't feel right. But one of the things I really find is that a lot of equestrians have very powerful intuition and we begin second guessing that intuition 
when we compare ourselves to others. We don't trust what we feel when we think that someone else is doing it right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. There's this, there's a lot there that I find as just a writer and competitor in general, but then also a step further as an entrepreneur in the, in the equestrian industry, how we compare ourselves. And I just told um, one of my partners recently, my business partner, Bella, that we're basically pioneers in some way. So you really can't compare you to someone else because we are all going on that unique journey by ourselves, kind of like we can use others as examples and to see what's possible, but to start comparing into thinking that's what I should be doing. That's what I should look like. Like you said, then you're kind of, you're really ignoring your own intuition, like you said. And I find riders are incredibly intuitive. We work with horses. So we naturally have that ability when we're on their back to really be at one with it, be at one with our, you know, like the, like in the moment, we're just really feeling it. And then all of a sudden when it becomes time, you know, when you're looking at other people or what they're doing, we totally lose sight of that for ourselves. And one of the ways that I find, you know, to get, get a guide there. So, cause when you're in the tack, like there's something that you feel guided, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. the horse guiding you or your intuition or your experience, whatever. Um, often intuition works better with experience. So that's, you know, something, mm-hmm. but you know, there, you allow yourself to be present and to be guided. And so mm-hmm. I often recommend to horse professionals to think of your business as a horse. And it's so funny that I, you know, intuitively named my business Red Mare because the red mare guides me and any friction I ever felt in my business was my red mare, my business gives giving me a message and telling me, you know, take time off, have a baby, build a team, try this. That didn't work. Go this direction instead, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that fell apart, but look at the pieces. It's actually more beautiful now. You know, all of that was a mess, individual messages that my business, the red mayor gave me as Mm -hmm. I allowed it to evolve and allowed it to evolve me. Yes. And that was an incredibly powerful experience. I got goosebumps, even as I Mm -hmm. said those words, Mm -hmm. because like it was powerful. Mm-hmm. I have changed because of my business. I am an entirely different person than I was, you know, when, when I got started back in 2008 and I am, you know, so much more uh, in flow with yeah. the world and in tune with the world and my clients and my team and my family and my horses, you know, like it's all just this beautiful experience that's happening for you. When Mm -hmm. you trust the experience that's happening for you, when you allow your business to guide you, because I do believe entrepreneurship is a journey in self-development in Mm -hmm. personal development. If you allow it to be. So, you know, the friction that you feel, the challenges that you have, they are all messages just like yep. it is with the horse. The mm-hmm. horse is giving you a message. And if you fight the message, if you spank the message, then you're covering up an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Every obstacle is an opportunity on in the tack or in your business. And you just have to be open to receive those messages. Wow. Goosebumps, girl. <laughs> 
That's so good. Holy, there's so many good things that you just said. And it's so true. Like the words just allowing it and you're being in flow with it. It's just all aligning in that be- that happened because you, like you said, you allowed it, you kind of went and you accepted it and you use that intuition and you just kind of like you're stepping into it. And I find with myself as well, I'm really coming to a place where I'm able to just step into that feeling and be like, let's try this. Cause you said it is a journey. You're always evolving and changing and growing. So we have to be able to go with the flow. We have to be able to say, I haven't tried this. Let's explore this option. Let's get feedback. Let's see what we can do to help better serve. And also it's serving ourselves. It made me think of the idea of not judging ourselves on our, like on our path. Cause I find as far as a competitor goes, like my competition mindset, it's really easy for me to judge. And, you know, I'm judging myself. It goes back to the whole comparison and stuff. And I think if we follow the intuition, we're kind of letting go of that judgment because we're using something else to help kind of propel us forward. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. There's more of a, there's a different driver, Mm -hmm. not, uh, you know, the perfectionism or the competitiveness, you know, I'm all, I'm all for being competitive and I, you know, have perfectionist tendencies, but that's Mm -hmm. not what drives me. Yeah. My driver is say that again. Yeah. It's the reason like you have a different reason than, Oh, I need to win or I need to get this. Like you're kind of just allowing it. Yeah. There's more of an internal driver for me. Mm And, you know, I often say it's, it's the thank you note to the horses that got me to this level that evolved me, that, that were my guides, that were my teachers that forgave me when I made mistakes that, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, got me to this point. Mm -hmm. I do it for them. You know, we are a horse first business. So every professional we work with, you know, I, I take a look at what you do and I'm not going to work with you if I see you not putting the horse first. And so that again is, it's very easy for me to serve you and to Mm -hmm. lift you up when I see that you have the horse horses, you know, best interest in mind. So that drives me and I will never quit because of that. Mm -hmm. I am always lit up because of that. Even when I'm a little tired or, you know, whatever, whatever I'm feeling, when I begin to focus on what drives me, that my, my light just flames up again. And I'm, I'm back, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm back, back at it again. It's so true. And horses are our greatest teacher. I always say that. And maybe that's why we're so connected and deep down. Like that is just our passion and our pull. Like you said, every time you kind of might feel not motivated, you can always go back and fall back on just the simple fact of helping the horses. Cause I feel they're our biggest connection in so many ways to nature and to our own self, like the whole mirroring of us and, you know, like it is the growth and with entrepreneurs, it it is a never ending growth cycle. Like we're always having to level up ourselves in order to level up our businesses. And even as a competitor, if that's the, the road you're going down where you want to be more of a full-time, like actually compete for a living again it all starts with ourselves and it is super powerful so just to finish off with some of this I have one main final question that I want you to answer and just if there's one final piece of advice or one thing that you could leave us listeners thinking about or that you want us all to know and be more aware of what would it be I want to leave your audience with the idea that they can fully embody who they are 
niche down in their business and stand out from the competition. You know, when we compare ourselves to others, we are often trying to look more like what others are. And that's not what our market needs. Our market needs your unique assimilation of what you have experienced, your unique perspective. And that's what I want you to focus on is what is it that you uniquely do and Mm -hmm. allow yourself to let that flame burn bright and, Uh and serve the people that are attracted to that flame. Don't try to serve everybody, you know, really work on finding the words that describe the unique transformation, the unique niche that you serve. I saw on a Facebook group the other day, someone is battling with a competitor where the competitor continues to steal their messaging that they put out there in posts and on their website. And I'm like, if they can do that, then you aren't actually presenting yourself in a unique way. You're, you're, you're being kind of in the middle of the road where it's like, well, that sounds good enough, but it, it's, it's, you know, wording that other people can copy and, you know, that's, you need to make yourself so unique, tell your stories, really stand out so that they go, oh my gosh, well, that's not me. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. copy that because it's not me. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And it could even just be the fact of you're not, you're not allowing yourself to fully express yourself hundred percent. Like you're still hiding behind some sort of fear maybe of showing up. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, I'm, I don't want to share my whole story because what if people don't like it? Or it's scary to put myself out there. So like you said, it's like, they're kind of holding themselves back away and then people are able to steal their words. You are 100% right about that. It is what's holding them back. Uh, and and it, yeah, it can be vulnerable, but the world loves vulnerable. The world loves a little messy even. It's why TikTok is so popular right now. Like some of the biggest content creators there show up with their hair a mess, mm. you know, a hole in their shirt, the kids screaming in the background, like that's real. And the mm-hmm. world wants real and it mm-hmm. is safe for you to be real. Absolutely. <sighs> I love it so much. It's so true. And yeah, your authentic self is all you have. So I find in myself, I have so much peace with the idea. If I just show up a hundred percent as me, that it's going to work out. And it's, if I question anything, it's like, just go back to like, just be real, be completely transparent and know and believe in inside yourself that if I show up in this way, I know it's going to work out. And And that's a a continuous journey. You know, it's Mm -hmm. the day you die that you will be most yourself. And so just know, like, this is something that you continue to work on and that your business will guide you to work on, that your horses will guide you to work on. And so Mm -hmm. just embrace that evolution and, and make it your mission to become more yourself every day. And allow yourself to be surprised and delighted by that journey. Um, I'll say within the past month, I had a realization that I discover myself when I allow myself to speak freely. Hmm. And, And it's because I feel most myself when I am changing on a regular basis. 
And so it's always like, when I get static, I feel not myself. Mm. (laughs) And so I have to trust that when I speak, it is safe for me to be surprised by the words that come out of my mouth. (laughs) Interesting. I know it's a funny place to be. And I just like am am embracing that within the past four weeks Mm -hmm. and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So thank you, Shelby, for the opportunity to just speak and surprise myself. I know. And you said just some amazing fire things. (laughs) It's great. It's fun to be surprised. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, wow, I'm actually pretty wise. And I think again, that goes to our intuition. Like we are like we have experiences that we've learned from and we have our own inner knowing. And if we actually allow ourselves to use that as a guide, we actually, like you said, pleasantly surprised with what we actually know. And I think this, you know, it does go to slowing ourselves down and giving ourselves that space and permission and that time to just really start listening to us. And I think all like to go full circle and to wrap it up, we can be our own greatest teacher, own greatest guide and cheerleader. We might need help from people like you to really show us and be the example. And I think, you know, you're showing up as the example. So then people are able to resonate to a whole nother level with that. And I think that's just so powerful and so beautiful. And I'm so thankful for you for doing that. Cause obviously something clicked when I saw your stuff and you showing up online, being fully authentic. And I was like, I need to talk to this woman. And Yay. here we are. <laughs> it's working. It's working. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that is just a final piece is to surround yourself with people who allow you to explore who you really are. And that means clients too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I really highly recommend that you get a coach, you get a mastermind group, you, you know, find some experience where you feel safe to explore and speak and put yourself out there. Um, because it, yeah. you can't do this alone. You're not meant to do this alone. We are herd animals. <laughs> mm-hmm. We, you know, we're meant to thrive in community. And I, I think a lot of pros are out there, myself included, thinking that I, this is a solo journey, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Exactly, couldn't be farther from the truth, really. And that uh, brings me to the next question. And final question is, where can people find you? If they really resonated with your messages, they might be a struggling, a question entrepreneur. They want a little bit of guidance and help from you. Where can they reach out to you? Thank you so much. Well, um, like I said, I'm on TikTok. So that's a fun (laughs) place to go. Um, I think all of those videos are repurposed and put everywhere. So of course you can find me on Facebook and Instagram too, but TikTok is where I have a lot of fun and I just show up messy and freely and um, speak from my heart. So that's that's definitely a good place to get started. Um, We have a couple of websites right now. one of them is redmareproductions.com. And I'll point you there if you would like to um, go through our free mini course. That's nine ways to 10x your horse business. It's just three videos. It's totally free. Um, you It signs you up on our mailing list where you can find everything that we're doing. Um, and if you go to redmareenterprises.com, you can also learn more about everything that we're doing. So uh, we have two websites right now. That's not ideal, but we're sort of in the middle of figuring out um, the new structure of the business. So that's why you see it in that way. Um, but yeah, show up, come check me out on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram. I think that's where we met Shelby. So just thank you so much for showing up and uh, connecting with me today. My absolute pleasure.
this episode and future episodes are going to be brought to you by Weekend Hustle's new membership platform and community. So we have an off-social media membership site that is created just for you and for all of us to get together to collaborate, connect, educate ourselves, and really just start showing up in the ways that we know we can and we want to to improve our lives and like I said, improve all the arenas in our lives. And it all starts with ourselves. So this is a membership that I invite you to join. The link is going to be in the description below, but it is for all of us that want to improve our mind, body, and ride and we want to get to that next level that we know in our hearts and our souls and we just believe that we're capable of. And it's up to us to start showing up and to start doing the work to actually accomplish it. And if you want to join the Weekend Hustle community, um, it's a paid membership type program. So every week, every month, there's going to be new content, new ways for you to connect with people, having special guests, leading experts, professionals in all areas that we can learn from. And it's my favorite part is to be able to learn from all different people and all different walks of life and that's kind of what We Can Hustle really stands for is being able to take these lessons and learn for our own use and, you know, it all starts with us and we can share our experiences, learn from others and use it and apply it in our way and how it works for us. We're going to feel fulfilled and we're going to reach those goals and we're going to reach them for the right reasons and I just find it so beautifully awesome and powerful and I would really really would look forward to seeing you in there where we can uh, grow a lot so the first event that we have in the community is called clarity to purpose so it's going to be a goal setting type workshop where we're going to really go and dive deep into our goals what they mean how we can achieve them what they feel like and just how we can start becoming accountable to showing up every day in a way that we're going to be creating that life that we really want for ourselves it's going to be a beautiful journey and it already is so let's take it to the next level the link is going to be below where you can learn more ask me any questions you have about it if you're hesitant let's get on a call we can talk about it and uh, just know that I'm always here for you so don't be afraid to reach out and to ask there's no such thing as a dumb question or not being ready like this is gonna be a place for everybody it doesn't matter where you are and there's this phrase and thought that I've seen recently that I want to share where it just says that you don't wait to get fit to start going to the gym or you don't wait to get lots of money until you hire a business coach or you don't wait until this to get that so sometimes you just really have to you just have to start and you know you can't wait to be a better rider to want to learn how to become a better rider or you can't wait to get to that place until you do it so you really just have to start when you're not ready or when you don't feel ready and this is my invitation to you to just start even if you don't feel ready just start just show up just start doing the things and I guarantee you eventually you will feel that way so this is Shelby your cheerleader and again if you want to talk just let me know but bye for now